pastor the last couple of weeks has been talking about the culture of our church, and I want to continue that tonight. What's, what do we want the culture of our church to look like? And he's talked about a couple of things, and tonight I want to talk about care. Um, it came easy, and I, was, I prayed about it, and there was a couple of other things that pastor and I talked about. And, uh, but I think care is the, uh, one of the things that's most important in our church, that we care that we care for those inside our church, those that are outside of our church. And when we do, then uh, people see that, and then they'll, they can see Christ-likeness inside of us. And so I'm going to share a few stories tonight. And uh, care comes in a lot of different ways. It's easy to say we care, and sometimes it's hard to show that we care, depending on who it is. There's times when we can find that you know prejudice rules in, in our lives or uh, in different places. Um, and I know some people are, you know, Cardinal fans, and it's hard for them to, to care for a Cub fan, you know, or I don't, you know, baseball's baseball to me, and I'm not fanatical over that. But uh, it's a wonderful thing when we care for one another, taking a meal to somebody who's sick, sitting and talking with somebody who just, you know, wants us to listen. And uh, I hear that from time to time when, uh, I have people that go up to the hospital and just visit, and uh, you know, I also make visits, but have other people who go up there, and sometimes they say, yeah, I sat up there for a half an hour, and they said they just wanted to talk to you, didn't they? And yeah, there's a lot of lonely people in this world praying for somebody after they share a need with you, and, and as I've told you before, whenever the best time to pray is right after they give the need. Just go ahead and pray. You know, I don't care if you're in the grocery store or, you know, if you're sitting at a red light, that might not be the best place, you know. But, you know, pray for them when they give you the need. Because what do we do? We say, oh, I'll pray for you. And then what do we do? Yeah, we forget. Because we got to have good memories except that they're short. So, raking someone's leaves when they can't. It's ministering the love of God to somebody in need. It's going the extra mile. It's going the extra mile. Showing the love of God in a time of need. And that's what care is all about. Let's look at the story in Luke about the Good Samaritan. There was a lawyer who came to Jesus and he was wanting to test him. And so he asked him, you know, a question. And in that question, he was trying to stump him. He says, uh, what is written in the law? How does it read to you? And Jesus answered, uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all of your strength, and with all your mind. And your neighbor is yourself. And Jesus said unto him, he goes, you have answer, answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Because he was wanting to know about eternal life. We all want eternal life. And I thought about that as I was down here. You know, I think I might change the way that I pray about this election. I might just pray for the rapture to come. <laughs> I'm a winner. <laughs> I think I got some want to join me for that. <laughs> yes but eternal life and, and this lawyer came and he goes I want to know about eternal life and, and uh, so Jesus answered me he goes what's written in the law and he, he told him what was correct Jesus then but wishing to justify himself he said to Jesus and who is my neighbor and who's my neighbor because he was a lawyer and lawyers just they'll ask one question after another question and they find the order there so if you look in Luke chapter 10, I'm going to read now verses 30 through 37. 
Jesus replied, and he said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among robbers, and they stripped him, and they beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. And by chance a priest was going down on the road, and when he saw him, passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite also, when he came to the place and saw him, passed on the other side. Now these were two spiritual leaders. These were men who should have had compassion in, in their hearts for the needy. For those who were suffering. And it says that they both passed by. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion. Felt compassion. And he came to him, and he bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. And he put him on his beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, on the next day, which means what? He stayed with him. Not just took care of him and sent him on his way or said, you know, peace be with you or God bless you or whatever. On the next day, we say that he is still taking care of him. He gave two denarii and he gave those to the innkeeper and he said, take care of him, whatever more you spend. When I return, I will repay you. Which of these three do you think proved to be the neighbor to the man who fell into the robber's hands? And he said, the one who showed mercy toward him. And Jesus said unto him, go and do the same. Go and do the same. Now, I don't know about you. I have, I have really good neighbors, those who live you know, around me, and I know their names, and we'll talk. And, and there's times when I've cut grass. There's times when I've taken care of things at their homes or whatever. They've done the same thing in mine, and we get along well. There's times when I've struggled with some of the neighbors that we had. The street that we used to live on, we really weren't sure who lived across the street. Never would see the person other than maybe about once every six months. This guy would come jogging down our street. He would go in and walk in the front door. It wasn't like he was a regular jogger. And I don't know, maybe, you know, somebody would take him about six months away and he would just jog home. I don't, you know. It was really odd. My wife and I would talk. This, we don't know who lives across the street from us. We never, we'd see lights go on and off but we never saw anybody over there. Never seen even cars coming and going. And it was just amazing. But who is your neighbor? When we, when we care for somebody, we'll do what we can. Now, I'm not asking you to go and find a homeless person, somebody's been beat up, you know, and take them home tonight and minister to them. Not asking you to go out and do that. We bought a busload of them and they're in the entryway. You can take one home tonight and, and take care of them. No. Not asking you to do that. But what can we do? What can we do to care for somebody just to go the extra mile, to, to share love with them? This is one thing that we need to pray about. We really need to pray about. And am I doing what God wants me to do? Am I caring for people the way that God wants me to care? Am I his hands? Am I feeling with his heart? And to ask God to lead us to those times. Has, and, and don't raise your hands, I'll raise mine. Has God ever spoken to you to do something for somebody and you haven't done it? Yeah, I have. And there's times, when, you know, out of fear or sometimes I just like, God, I don't have time. Sometimes I just, I don't want to be bothered. Or sometimes you said, God, have you seen that person? You know, I don't know that I can help them. Ask God to help us 
in the times when he has called us. I'm reading a book right now by George Mueller. It's his autobiography. It's a man who his dad sent him to, it was kind of like a Bible college, or, but it wasn't a college at that time. It was when he was in earlier grades. And his dad was very selfish in doing this. He wrote in the book, he goes, my dad sent me to this so that I'd become a pastor so that when he got older and retired, he could come and live in the parsonage. That's the way his dad was. And uh, George Mueller was a, a great man who was, in his early years, rebellious, a sinner. Um, he led other people into sin. He, he did so many things, and he just he didn't want to have anything to do with God. One day, God gets a hold of his life, and um, he decides he's going to follow after God. He goes to Bible college, and, and um, he comes out, and he wants to then pastor a church. He goes into the ministry. He prays about everything. And it was interesting as I was reading, and I've talked to one or two people about this, he prayed because the church was going to give him a salary, and, and he said, no. He goes, I don't want you to give me anything. He goes, I want to pray, and whatever God gives me, then that's what God will give me. So he never asked people for money, but he always prayed, and God always took care of him. And that's what the, the book and really about his life is about prayer, and, and when he asked God would bless and minister. It wasn't necessarily the time that he wanted it, but God always took care of his needs. Ends up that this man uh, built schools for children, and he built uh, Sunday school classes for adults, and he built orphanages. And in his lifetime, he took care of 10,000 orphans. And he never asked anybody for any money. And yet God took care of them. That was the ministry that God had given unto him to care for these people. And as I'm reading this book, it's kind of like his diary. There's so many times when he was sick for weeks and even months at a time, but he would just continue to go. But he always prayed, God, we need money. And it was interesting that he would pray, and when he would pray, there was times when he said, God, we need 40 pounds, because he was from England. We need 40 pounds, and 40 pounds would come in. Whatever he prayed for, it seemed like that's what came in because that's what he prayed. There's other times when he said, I just know that I haven't been praying the last couple of days for the finances and I need to go and I need to spend a couple of hours praying. There was times when he would spend whole days just praying and reading God's word and, and seeking after him just so that he could care for others. A very selfless man, very selfless man. He didn't receive a salary, but he took what God brought his way, and God always took care of him. He just wanted to be used of God and show care to others. What about you? Those around you, neighbors, coworkers, families, somebody that God leads you to? To be a church that people say they care. Wouldn't that be great? And we need to be a church that people would say, oh, they pray over there. That's where a church where you can get ministered to over there, where they have great worship, where the preaching of the word is wonderful. But I also want us to be a church that people say, go over there, they, they care. They care for you. And that we would care for our community, we'd care for the central part of Illinois. There's a little saying, and I know you've probably heard it before. It says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And it really is true. Jesus was one who cared. It's because he loved. It's because he loved. You can care without loving, but you can't love without caring.
You can care without loving. You can, you can do things for people and not love the work that you're doing or even the people that you're doing it for. But when you really love people, you will care for them. You will care for them. And Jesus was one of those. He touched people where they were, whether healing, teaching, or feeding. Jesus was always there. Jesus did nothing for himself but everything for God and to minister unto other people. And if you really think about it, and I've really, in the last couple of months, God's been dealing with this with me, is it why am I here? Not here at Calvary. Why am I here? Why am I on this planet? Why am I here at this time? And for us in this room, we understand Jesus. We understand salvation. We understand the love of Christ. And I've really come to realize it's not about me. It's nothing for myself. I'm not here for me. I'm here for others. I'm here to help people see Jesus Christ. I'm here to care for people. I'm here to minister. That's what I'm here for. And same thing with you. And I really came as I was praying and spending some time with God, you know, about that. He really just said that. He goes, it's not about you. It's not about you. It's kind of like we were talking a little bit about the the purpose-driven life. And we were kind of joking about it. But the first line of that says what? Of the book, if you've read the book. It's not about you. Rick Warren had it right. It's not about us. It's about caring and, and seeing the needs of other people and taking care of those. Jesus saw the need and he would minister to it. In this scripture that we read, there were two religious men who passed by. They just passed by. They didn't care. They didn't care. Then there was one who came, and and the interesting thing about this was that this is a man who should not have cared for that one alongside their own. He was a Samaritan, and this man was a Jew. They didn't get along. They hated each other. It went back generations that they fought against each other. They hated each other. And yet when this man came up and he saw this man laying there, he felt compassion and he ministered to him. Jesus is teaching that everyone that you meet is your neighbor, no matter what. He not only helped, but he went the extra mile. He took him uh, and put him on his beast. He took him to the hotel that he was staying in. And the next day, he told the innkeeper, here's some more money. Please help take care of them. If there's anything else, I'll pay it when I come back. I think we're living in a time when people struggle with that. And for a number of reasons. But I think the greatest one is fear. We're afraid. I mean, years ago, when we'd see somebody alongside the road or if they were walking on the highway, we'd pick them up, correct? We don't do that anymore. Now we lock our doors, we turn on our alarms, and we hide in our homes because we're afraid. And I'm not saying don't do those things or whatever, but you have to work that out. But so many times I I think that we don't minister, and sometimes we're just afraid of what might take place. That we might make a mistake. God told me to come over and talk to you and and see if I can pray for you. It's hard sometimes. We see the news and we hear stabbings and shootings and trouble in our country every day, it seems like. Sharing care and showing care for someone is sometimes a stretch. It's a stretch. I remember a number of years ago, 
I was, uh, when we lived down in Columbia, Illinois, I was going over into St. Louis, which I did a lot, and uh, it was probably about six miles or seven miles into St. Louis, and on the highway, get on 255, and as I'm starting to go around the curve, I see this guy, and it is probably about zero degrees outside, and the wind is just blowing, and he just has this light leather jacket on, and I thought, wow, and I really felt impressed that I should pick him up. There's a number of cars that are already passed him on the highway. So I pulled over and backed up a little bit, and I said, can I give you a ride? And he was a little hesitant. I mean, I didn't think I looked all that bad, and, you know, I wasn't that scary. And he had long hair and maybe somebody that we wouldn't necessarily picked up. He was a young kid and um, kind of looked like a punk, but I thought, well, God wants me to do this. So I said, listen, I'm not going very far, but I'll take you as far as I'm going. At least you can warm up for a few miles. Because he had to, be, had to have already walked a couple of miles in this cold weather. So he got in, we're talking, and I, I tried to share the love of God with him for a few minutes as we're going. And he was going to the exit before my exit. And I said, well, I'll take you where you need to go. And he goes, no, he goes, just drop me off. We, I went up top of the exit and, and uh, so where I can stop and, and let him out. And I said, I'll take you to your dad's house is where he was going. He goes, no, you can just drop me off here. I'll, I'll go the, the, the rest of it. As he was getting out of the car, he's kind of bending out and like this. There was this huge Bowie knife sticking out of the back of his pants. Said, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but, I, but I knew that God was going to take care of everything. And the thing was, is he was just probably as fearful as I was not knowing who was picking him up because that's the way that it is so many times. I knew that I was doing what God wanted me to do and that's what it was all about, giving my life. I felt led to do it after so many people had passed him. And that's what caring is all about, is going the extra mile. And when we do it, we'll see that there's great love. And the thing is, is that we will be blessed because of it. We'll be blessed because of it. Not that we seek the blessing, but when we do, when we give, when we care, God will take care of us and he will help us in that. Let me read you a little story. And this is just real quick. Some of you know this story about Father Damien. Um, and uh, on May 10th, 1873, Father Damien, at his own request and with the sanction of his bishop, arrived at the settlement as its residence priest. And this was a, um, there were then 600 lepers. This was in Hawaii, around that area. There were some islands. And what they had done, they'd taken all the lepers and they put them on one island. Because, you know, if you had leprosy at that time, they would just take you and they'd just drop you off of that island. And um, they would take a ship and they'd, they'd take food and clothing over to those people, just drop it off and leave it. And they were just to take care of themselves, just to die. Father Damien... There were 600 leopards. As long as leopards can care for themselves, wrote the superintendent, the Board of Health. He says they are comfortable, but as soon as the dreadful disease renders them helpless, it would seem that even demons themselves would pity their condition and hasten their death. For a long time, however, Father Damien was the only one to bring them help, to bring them care. So they 
that they so greatly needed. He not only administered to, to them in religion, but also rendered medical service to them. He decided to go to the island and live there amongst them. Uh, he dressed their ulcers, helped them uh, to erect cottages, and he went so far as to dig their graves and make their coffins. After 12 years of his heroic service, he discovered in himself the first symptoms of the disease. This was in, 19, or in 1885. He nevertheless continued his charitable uh, ministry there, being assisted at this time by two other priests and two lay brothers. On the 28th of March, 1889, Father Damien became helpless and passed away shortly after, closing his 15th year in service of the lepers. He gave his life to show care to those in need. We're supposed to do it in the love of God. What we shouldn't do is nothing. What we should do is whatever God asks us to do. I remember a time when I was in New Jersey, and I'll always remember this because this, this day um, changed my life. Well, part of my life. <laughs> I don't know why I'm crying. I went to the hospital to, to see somebody, and I already knew the situation before I went there. Hospitals generally take half an hour, 45 minutes to get to the hospitals, and I was praying about it going up there. It was a man who had AIDS, and this was back in the late 80s when AIDS was really rampant. And I knew that it was because of drugs that he had AIDS. Somebody in our church wanted us to go up and pray with him. And um, so I'd gotten up to the hospital, and come to find out his wife was still shooting him up with drugs while he was in there. Because I remember seeing on his arm, somebody had told us later that she was, but I, when I walked in there, I saw a little needle mark on his arm, and there was some blood coming out. And I thought, that's odd. Why didn't the nurse, you know, bandage that or, you know, take care of that? And come to find out that was his wife. She, she was coming in, still giving him drugs. And um, it was that day that I said, can I pray for you? And uh, he said, yeah, and I... I thought in that split second, what do I do? And yet I reached down and took him by the hand and prayed for him. And on the way home, I thought, you know, I had, I'll be honest with you, I had all kinds of thoughts because um, I, I didn't wash my hands as much as I do today, you know, when I'm leaving the hospital and everything else. And there was all kinds of things that ran through my mind. Could I pick up this disease and... Could I be in the same spot that he's in? But I thought, no, I'm going to go the extra mile. And whenever that happens, then I'm going to say, okay. And I've done that many times in the hospital room, people who are sick and times when people have been violently sick. And I've had a chance to run out of the room, but I've always stayed there. Had a gentleman uh, just a few years ago that, he, he got violently sick, and so I helped him. I got the bucket, and he was in bed. The first time that I ever walked in his room, had only been in there a couple of minutes. And he goes, I'm really sorry, but I'm going to get sick. And then, so I helped him and stayed in there for a few minutes and went and got the nurse. It was about a month later that I led him to the Lord. And he said to me, he goes, the only reason that I would sit and listen to you and hear what you had to say 
is because that first day when you came in and I got violently sick, he goes, most people would have run out. He goes, but you stayed here and you cared for me. That's what we're supposed to do, is to go the extra mile. I don't tell you those stories to pat myself on the back, but I tell you that whenever God calls us, our life is not our own. Our life is not our own. The needs in this world are so great. Here in the United States, we are so blessed. We see people on the streets every single day, if you, if you drive around, that are begging. And what you do to help those or what you do to don't help those is up to you. I'm not talking about the obvious, but I'm talking about sometimes those that are unnoticed, those that just pass us by, that when we ask them, how are you doing? And they say, well, I'm just okay, that we don't pursue it and we ask them how we can help. When someone asks for prayer, that we stop right there and we pray for them. When God speaks to us and tells us to take a plate of brownies to somebody that we don't understand why, that we take a plate of brownies to our neighbor. It's easy to, listen, to not listen to the voice and to make excuses also. But when we care with the love of God in our hearts, the Good Samaritan will come out, and it doesn't matter who they are, and it really doesn't matter who we are either. We're just there to be the hands extended. He didn't see the, the man who was beaten as an enemy. He saw it as somebody that God had created. In Luke chapter 6, it says, But I say to you, who here? Love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Don't you love those verses? Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer the other also. Whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him either. Give to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Treat others the same way that you want to be treated. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Just as your Father is merciful. It's not easy, but the reward in heaven is great. What do you really care about? There are a number of ways that we care. And this church is a great caring church. I hear it all the time, people who do care. That when somebody is sick, that people have come in and taken a meal to them. We have C2 groups, which are wonderful, and if you're not a part of a C2 group, you need to get in one because that's our first line of defense that when somebody you know, is in need, we'll go to their C2 group and say, what can you do to minister to that person? Take meal, cut their grass, babysit their kids, whatever it happens to be. So we do have care going on in this church all the time. I hear people tell me stories about how this church helps even tonight, I was able to bless somebody uh, before service because somebody cared. Somebody had come to me and they had said, I want to bless somebody. So we talked about it a little bit and, and God led us to the right person. And it's amazing because then when I started telling the story, they said, ah, this is the right one because they had the same story, which I didn't know. And they're able to care for that one. God knows how to work it all out. This is a church of action, and this is a church that does care. But I'm telling you, we need to, to, to do more. We have many programs in our church that will minister and help, 
be the hands extended. Care comes in many forms, whether it's healing, whether it's food, whether it's comfort, whether it's a word of kindness or whatever it happens to be. James tells us that if we have love, it'll compel us in James chapter 2. What use is it, my brethren, if someone says that they have faith but they have no works? Can that faith save them? If a brother or sister is without clothing or in need of daily food and and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warm, be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may say, someone may well say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. Tonight, hopefully, you've caught my heart. Not about the stories that I told, but hopefully when you see the next person that God says, do something, that you'll do something, whatever it happens to be. Don't tell God, no, I'm too busy, or I can't do that, or I don't know how to bake brownies, or whatever he tells you to do. But number one, see the compassion that God has for us, because God loves us more than we love ourselves. And then see the compassion that God has then for that person, whether they have AIDS, whether they have a knife sticking out of the back of their pants, whatever it happens to be, because our lives are not our own. Our lives are to give to those around us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would just help us. Father, I know that this is a very giving and caring church. Father, I know there's many times that I have fallen short of what you want me to do. And I pray that you would just forgive us of our shortcomings, that you would just minister to us in those times encourage us, Father, maybe even rebuke us. But I pray that whenever we see a need and you lead us, when we feel led by the Holy Spirit to do something, that we will do it. It doesn't matter, Father, who we are. Father, what we're supposed to do is to care. And I pray that we would be as Jesus that his life was not his own, and as he walked through this life that he gave, he loved, he ministered. He took the children when others wanted to take the children away, and he said, bring the children unto me. Father, I pray, help us to show love to others. Help us to be a church that this community would say they really care. Let that be a part of our culture that we can just minister love to all that we come in contact with because that love also helps us to share the gospel with those people, that we're able to lead them to you and, Father, make disciples. Father, I pray that you would just help us minister to us. Father, that you would just bless us Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand tonight. And, and uh, if you need prayer, 
You are going to be dismissed in just a few seconds. If you need prayer, I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come down. and They'll be down here. We'll pray with you about anything that you need. And if you don't need prayer tonight, God bless you. Have a great night. Go in peace. Go in love.